Welcome to the Laser Lounge Podcast, which is a podcast for laser engraving business owners and hobbyists, both Gantry and Galvo. We are here to answer makers' questions, hear others' makers' stories, provide expertise on certain topics, and in general, discuss how to help your business or hobby grow. Myself, Alicia Pate, and Nate Armstrong will host special guests in the laser lounge industry, or we may even just cover technical topics ourselves. You will be benefited by hopefully learning something new about a technique or process, or even just listening to another maker's own experience of what is working for them. We hope you enjoy our podcast. You can find us online in Facebook at the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch or on YouTube at the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch. Come join us and learn something new today. Special thank you to our show sponsors, Thunder Laser USA and Rotoboss Rotary Attachments. Now let's get to today's show. Howdy, James. How are you? Howdy. Good. Can you Great. hear me Thanks. well? Yeah. Very good. A uh, couple of things. Welcome to the live stream today. Uh, we've got some people that were very interested to start talking about business stuff. So I thought it would be great to bring you in. This is your first time to, to do the visual part. Last time we did it in a podcast. So uh, everybody just kind of hang tight with us. This is James's first time to do the visual, but we should be perfectly fine. But James, go ahead and do a real quick introduction of who you are and what we're going to talk about today. Okay. James Pate, your husband. Uh, we're going to talk about your who today. Um, and that's who are you, how do you relate to your customers? And we're going to dive into how you market to them a little bit. And, um, I, I think that's really critical that, you know, who you are, you've got to have expertise and passion behind what you're selling and that will help you solve your customers problems. Yeah. Thanks James for that. Um, I think that's a real key element of, having a great business plan. You and I talk about that a lot. And last time, as you said, we talked about the who am I, but this is um, who are you going to, or actually we talked about your why. We're going to talk about who you really want to market to and being strategic about that, I think is, is very important. So let's go ahead and, and kick it off. Why is it important, James, to, to have someone like who is your, your target audience? What does it do for your business if you've identified that? Well, you need to have expertise if you're solving their problem and we can, we could start with an example, but um, you know, what, what problem are you solving? If you don't know what, what they're, they relate to, like uh, um, we're, our lifestyle is around our property and animals and tractors. And those are the kind of people that we relate to, you know, Texas lifestyle, I guess you call it. So if we tried to relate to, you know, you know, California lifestyle or what their passions are, say like surfing, we don't surf. So if we tried to market to surfers, how would we do that? We don't know really, we, we don't have enough knowledge. We don't have the passion. We don't have the energy behind it. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, I think I heard a, in one of the podcasts that I listened to a gentleman say that um, you know, when you are passionate about something like, for example, let's say we were going to sell grills, you know, you're, it's going to be hard to compete with somebody who really has a passion for grilling and learning how to, you know, smoke out brisket, et cetera, because every time they're doing something, they're going to take a picture of it or they're going to talk about it. And people probably see that with me, right? I mean, 
you know, you, you see me taking a lot of pictures and content for this community and that's because I have a passion around it. So finding your who and who you're going to market to and knowing that and having that, that uh, expertise or that, that experience yourself is critical. And, and so if, if we think about, you know, what our own business is, you're right. You know, you said we, we cater to the FFA community, which is the future farmers of America. Why is that? Because our, our child was in it and we were experiencing those things ourselves. So we can take our products to that community or the 4-H or the agriculture community because we know exactly what they're looking for because we were looking for that, right? Yes. And you form relationships, you know, back on your comments, it's, you can't compete with somebody who's having fun because they're, they're going to do it all day long. They're thinking about it. They have discretionary performance, but on the FFA thing, we attended the events. We had the relationships. People got to know us. They were curious about our products because we, we liked and had a passion for that activity. We donated prizes. I think when they had prize uh, or fundraisers, we would donate like charcuterie boards. Um, we naturally gravitated towards it. You know, you see in the backdrop, uh, yeah, it's a piece of cedar behind me for a sign we're going to make. You know, people that are into kind of country rustic stuff, they like the cedar look. But if you were very refined and, you know, maybe more sophisticated, if you will, you probably wouldn't be into that as much, maybe. Right. So, right. Yeah. no, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. We knew exactly what we would have purchased. Um, so we were able to bring that to our community. And then when you talk about marketing that, we are in a couple of large Facebook groups that have to do with um, the 4-H and the ag showing and, and kids. And there's just, for example, there's a group I'm in that's Texas livestock and 4-H, uh, you know, showing, and there's 25,000 people in there. So I can easily, I'm in that group because I wanted to be in there, but I'm also targeting them when I'm marketing. And I know what they kind of products they buy when they, you know, buy stuff for FFA shows. So that that's the first key thing I think in, in, in your who is, can you relate to it? Do you have the same passion? Do you understand it? Uh, another great example of this that's not maybe for uh, applicable to us, but the golfers, right? There's a huge market in the golfing space, right? They spend a lot of money. And so if you're a golfer, why not take your products to that clientele? You know, you probably have people that um, that you know at your golf club or that, you know, your networks that might have to do that. Market in those spaces. Go into some of the Facebook groups that are that are purely golf and strategy on how to improve your game, or into areas like that, and and start marketing to those people because you understand that because you're a golfer and so you know what they like. Um, and so it's just finding your lane for things that that resonate with you. If you say, okay, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad, and my kids are in sports. Well, look at that, right? Get into those those kid sports groups. We had a certain time in our life where we were, a kid was in track, not track, but um, cross country, and another was doing her thing, and that's who we marketed to, and we got our name out and, and went that avenue. Anything to add there, right. James? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things come to mind to add to your thoughts. One is, you know, speaking of your who, I think it's a good idea to share. You don't have to get super personal, but you share a little, a few aspects of your life. Like I think on, you know, there's a crossover between the social media and the business. People see pictures of 
you on the tractor or, you know, next to the fire pit. And it kind of goes with that vibe, right? So they know who you are, um, what your kind of expertise is. I, I've observed you talking to clients and you form a relationship, but you're actually solving a problem for them and you're adding a lot of value when you, because they want a unique product. If they wanted something they could get at home goods or on Amazon, they would just order that. And if they wanted something they could easily get on Etsy, they would probably just order that. But if it's something that's highly custom, customizable, like I've heard them talk to you about, well, this is, it's my husband's, you know, 50th birthday. This is what he likes. This is what he does. And then I've seen you provide like a custom design and then they provide feedback. You tweak that and update that you're adding a lot of value when you do that. Yeah. And, you know, as we're talking about your finding your, your target who client, there's the other side of it. If you are just so broad where you're trying to capture anybody and everybody, you're going to start getting into that market where you're going to start chasing people down to the bottom gutter on price. And you and I talked about an example of that this morning uh, when I, we were kind of brainstorming a little bit. Mother's Day is coming and everyone tries to hit the seasons. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people do. I've kind of gotten out of that game now, except for Christmas and holiday, the you know, end of the year holiday. But if you go look on Etsy and you look Mother's Day uh, puzzle sign, you're going to find 20, right? And so there's too many people. That market is flooded. That who is flooded, right? And so it may be where you try that when you're first new, but I wouldn't suggest to somebody who really wants to up their business game to um, do that, you know, like a shotgun approach, right? You're shooting out a million different things right. and you're hoping right. it hits. It's just too many, too many missed opportunities, right? I think if you can look at your own, who are you? What are the things you're, the lanes that you're socially in that you like? Um, you know, if, if you, if you love jewelry, you know, maybe you go hone in your, your market is people who either buying supplies for jewelry or that are, love buying jewelry, right? Um, don't you be doing expand, the market. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah you yeah, yeah, there's scales and scopes of economy there because, again, like when we were going to the FFA organizations, you were sharing that socially. Um, you were also able to market to them. It was just natural. You had the relationships and you knew what resonated with them, what they liked. So they could go to you and they knew, you know, part of your brand, part of who you were or are is you compete on on, on, you know, value and service. And if you're competing on cost, then you're, you're just driving to the bottom. And I know like, like we've had situations where I've said, Hey, have you thought about doing this? You know, and it would be like a, you know, a cutting board. You're like, well, that, that market's saturated. Um, you, you really can't, if you have to figure out, are you making $5 an hour when you're doing this? I mean, maybe that's okay when you're first starting your business up, but at some point you're trying to make it a viable business. And if you're making $5 an hour, it's, you know, it's really hard to make, make money and, 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 and make it viable, economically viable. Yeah, no, those are good points. And, you know, when we talk about our, who are our clients and they say, well, tell us a little bit about your business. We're able to talk about our ranch or what our branding is, you know, like how it came about. And so, some of the feedback that I've gotten from buyers at like some of our craft markets or whatever, they're like, you just, I can tell when you start talking about your property, your ranch, your business, you get excited. 
uh, and that's because it's the story behind it is great, right? I mean, we're, we're able to talk about what this, the joy of this our business brings us into our products. And when we speak to other ranchers or other people who are buying ranch type things or Texas type items, they get that, right? And so it's, again, back to that piece that um, it's part of our passion and, and why we like it. And so it's really easy for me to go somewhere and buy a Texas themed thing. I think this hat says Texas Chica on it. I like that. So I like making things like that. And therefore, I'm going to spend a little more time on something that I probably would buy. So, you know, that that's a, one yeah. key aspect of it. Um, another, yeah. you know, one, James, too, is um, is looking at the different type of markets. There, there's people that are enthusiasts. They don't really need it, but they love it. Like a woodworker, he's got probably a million jigs in his shop, right? And then there are people that it's like a one-time buy. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between those. Yes. Well, uh, I mean, if you have passion around it and it's something that you assign a lot of value and it's unique, then you're going to pay more for it. I mean, I've seen that with um, kind of maybe a silly example, but I guess it I guess it makes sense. You know, you had a lady who wanted a fish sign and she was really having trouble understanding, you know, what this might look like. And she was asking you for suggestions and and when you have these customers that you have these long standing relationships with, they trust you, but you also have to think about the total revenue from them. Not just, you're not selling them a used car. It really is a relationship, but um, you're able to differentiate yourself when they have passion around it. They're going to pay more for it. And, and similarly, like if I'm buying, if, if I wasn't in this business and I was buying a gift for you, I'm going to pay a premium. I'm not trying to save $5 for our anniversary gift, right? Yeah. It's something that you really want to make a statement on. You're not going to buy true. plywood. You're going to buy real hardwood. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it's tough for um, people in this industry when they first start out. And then also when sales are struggling, you're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make anything and everything and see what hits. And, you know, as you progress through, you'll eventually find out that that really doesn't work that well because everybody's competing in, in the space and you want to be unique. And as Stephanie said, you know, have your, your uniqueness and your niche. And, and if you've got too many products and you're hitting too many different uh, who's, nothing is really landing, right? If you pick a couple yes. of who's, like who's my target market? Mine is, I'll be honest, it's realtors is the prime one. The FFA community, right? Um, we do a lot with them. And then also now we're really targeting corporates, right? Corporate organizations. Like we do a lot with Folds of Honor with awards. We've really started to gravitate towards those three areas of being our who's. And we're starting to go out and get more uh, real estate clients and, you know, more insurance agent clients. Less of the one-off, can I have a keychain, a couple of tumblers, less of the one-purchase people. Those are our who's. We're trying to go that way yes. so that, yes. that our yes. business can strategically grow. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, we may have talked about this last time, but you, I kind of like this saying, you can compete on cost, quality, and service. You, you know, pick two. If you're competing on cost, you're driving to the lowest common denominator. I remember one time somebody posted something on social media and said, I need this, you know, board go. They were like, compete on this. Yeah. Like, 
you're like, I'm not interested in it. Right. And that was one customer. And, and it's a great comment. You don't have, you have to balance that out. You may have great margin on that cutting board or that sign, but if it's just a one-time thing, you have to re-engage this person. You have to develop a relationship with them and you want these long standing relationships. That's what I mean when I say that you, you have to think about the total revenue stream from a customer. And if you develop a long-term relationship, they're going to trust you and they're going to pay more for that service, which is what you provide. You provide a very high quality, high value product, but the service level is so high. You can't afford to give that to each customer. That's who your who is, is your, your, your very detail oriented and, and top service, top quality. Agree. And the, the other thing is, you know, you'll get to where your who starts driving your product line. And, and again, I'm not going to say I'm the complete expert on this. I'm just telling you as my journey is going through, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing that, Hey, the farm and ag community, they like this type of stuff. Right. And so based on the feedback and the purchasing power that that's coming through that, I am now tailoring and tweaking what I'm putting in our shop. And, and we're seeing the growth there, right? Same can be said for real estate agents. I'm going to be very honest. Uh, those resin boards, uh, the olive wood resin boards, they are not moving, right? And so uh, they're, they're telling me, hey, that product is not any good, right? And so I'm really trying to serve my real estate agents with top-notch quality and um, making sure that they keep coming back to me. Because if you think about it, real estate agents... There's, you know, they're going to go to the next person there. If something happens yeah. and, you know, and I screw up something, it's, there's usually not a whole lot of chances they're going to come back. So the service part and me understanding them and what they need is it has to be a part of something in our key business that we elevate up a notch. Completely agree. And if you're spread out thin and you're doing all these individual orders, then you can't focus your time on them. And then you don't get the scales and scopes of economy. Like we have one, we have one realtor. We do a lot of business with that individual and it goes to your order form and orders. It's very seamless for you. She gets repeatability. That's part of who you are, right? There's consistency. You've ordered all these blanks. Um, and she's a repeat customer. I mean, we've had customers that have come with one-offs and we built them just for fun or just to get started. Like I remember I made a bed one time with LED lights and it was cool, but I mean, I didn't make much money on that. Right. And I spent a lot of time yeah. on it. So I think, you know, just as a nugget, think about what your margins are, but don't forget to factor in your hourly labor and you should have, and I realize we're probably not going to show this now, but you should have some rules of thumb, you know, do you want to make three or four X times the cost of the blank, but then so much per hour on your time? Yeah. Um, your labor, your time's worth something, right? It's got to yeah. be. So very good point. And another thing that uh, I tried to think about quite often, not only do I do this in my, in our Facebook group, but in my own business too, is that don't forget about the gender and how the aspect comes in. And what I mean by that is guys, they're not going to go looking for, most guys aren't going to go spending a ton of time looking for how many was the cheapest price on this, or I got to go find a coupon, right? So when you're making products, if you put more items, in my opinion, in your product line that are more guy centric, right? So you're doing some 
some whiskey stave things, some, uh, you know, bourbon barrel type things. Um, one, there's not a lot of gifts out there that women will say, oh, my husband would absolutely love that. What I found in craft shows, when you offer more guy products, women almost always buy stuff for themselves when they're out shopping. We know that. If they see something for their husband, they think he'll like that, they're going to purchase it. There's more of a, an impulse buy for a guy product in my, in my observation that I've seen and for myself. If I see something for you, I'm like, oh, James will love that. I'm going to get that. I'm not going to go, oh, but it's, you know, $5 more than here. I don't do that as much when I'm looking for a guy product. So um, I know that kind of sounds funny, but offer more male items in your product lines and you'll see they'll move pretty darn quick. Um, so that's We've just seen my that with like the Richardson hats, the uh, Marine signs, yeah. those things. Uh, also, I think if it's something that's unique and the wife wants, you know, she knows the husband's uh, particular, like uh, we, we saw customers pick up hats and go, wow, that's a Richardson or no, it's not a Richardson and they wouldn't buy it. So you have to know your audience. The other thing that's kind of interesting that you're bringing up is the the margins on these products. I mean, how much time do you spend to sell somebody a $25 hat? And then if it's on Etsy and they just place the order and you fill it, you don't have to interact with them. I think that's okay that they're a one-time customer. Uh, yeah. maybe you try to get them back by offering them a coupon or something, or you know, you get on the mailing list or whatever. Um the other thing I would say is, you know, you talked about Christmas sales. I constantly think about how do we convert this customer into kind of a lifetime customer and then get them on a mailing list for our Christmas orders. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. And, you know, that's bringing up uh, something that, that I've kind of leveraged from what May does is uh, she creates like a sheet. She's using Adobe Express, but she's creating like a, a like a mini portfolio for that audience, for that who. So if she's working with some schools in her area, she's going to create like a, it's, it's not a PowerPoint, but it's like a portfolio, something that you can send them that's individually, uh, the products are individually targeted for them. So when I was doing this for the FFA community, I have one that has the FFA awards, you know, some tumblers that specifically have examples uh, for, you know, that they've been given as gifts. Um, the boot jacks, you know, things that that clientele want. I put together its own little marketing branding uh, flyer specifically for them. And that way you can, once you do get their email list, you can email that out to them. I need to do that for my realtors. You know, we had Melanie uh, on here not too long ago, a realtor, and said, yeah, I'd love it if, if somebody sent me once a month or a quarter an updated flyer that had, here's products that, that we've added to our you know, store now that you may be, uh, you know, want to take a look at. So that what made me think about that was when you said the mailing list. So go ahead and turn it back over to you. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I mean, people have a hard time visualizing things and you're working with this all day long. And if you can make the connection between the value of your product, you differentiate it so it's unique and then they can see how they can apply it or, or sell it or give it to their customers, then you're showing value, right? And on that note, we see a lot of our realtors or just our customers in general, they always want new and fresh things. So you have to think about that. That's part of your who too. So if you have insights into what's kind of trending 
in the ranch community, then you can offer them things that people can't because you're more creative. I'll give you an yeah. example. One time you, I, I, I'm trying to remember the specifics, but we have this ranch theme. It's on our order forms. It's on our social media. You got a call about a skeet shoot. And they said, hey, I'm doing a skeet shoot. Could you recommend some, some awards? And I remember you made this really cool award. Maybe we can post a picture of it or whatever. But it was a, yeah. it was a, uh, it was a um, skeet that had been blown up, you know, been shot at. And I, I thought that was really cool. It was very unique. I had never seen that before. They loved it. And so, boom, you solved their problem immediately. You didn't have to research it. It just came to your mind because that's the place you live in. That's who you are. Back to your who. Yeah, exactly. And I had been doing some awards for them and I thought I'm going to tweak it up a little bit. Right. And I think that's kind of back to Stephanie's comment here. She's talking about be unique. Nobody had done that. It was a piece of wood with leather, leather layered over it, but the wood was live edge and it was different. And it, it's not that no one has ever actually done an award like that before, but you, you can go Google it and not find it or go to Etsy and not find it. And I think that was what was neat about it is, is it based on the use case of, Hey, I need to provide them something different because I've served them a couple of years in a row. I had to be creative. And now we offer that as a new offering in our portfolio when it comes to the award yeah. space. So, you know, getting back yeah. to main themes, but go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, it, I see all these synergies because we have on your, you know, behind you there, you know, we're still finishing our house, right? So we're making some furniture and I'm sure we're going to share like the, the coffee tables and the end tables we're making stuff like that. Well, that's going to be out of cedar. Well, we market our cedar as signs and, and charcuterie boards and those kind of things. So it's just natural for us. And we know how to work with the wood because we've been working with it. So these are all scales and scopes of economy. If I was trying to sell, uh, you know, back to surfboards again, I don't know anything about surfboards. I mean, I don't have any passion around it. I think it's cool, but I just, I can't compete with somebody who knows what wax to use and what leashes to use and all this stuff, you know, they can relate to the customer and they really know where the value is. I don't want to research that. I don't have the, I, I don't, I don't surf. Right. Yeah. And, and someone may be saying, okay, I'm listening to you guys, but I don't really have a thing. Well, you probably do. You're just not thinking about it. I mean, you probably got a network. Let's say you go to church, you got, you know, you can play off the, the spiritual, you know, signs or spiritual gifts that you can, you know, give out. I mean, even just little, uh, little bowls that have prayer requests. So you can start making product lines geared towards Bible verse, those, right? Yeah. Those people that are in those, those small subgroups that, you know, uh, if your kids are in school, like middle school, they're probably doing little sports or they've got little bitty clubs, you know, that's, that's your who, right? Go, go make a few things and, and give them some products that, that, you know, you would love to get. Um, if, if you've got some extracurricular activities you like to do, like, you know, some people do motorbike, what is it? Motocross, you know, bikes and, and all that. I've seen a ton of cool laser maker stuff in that space. So, you know, just think out the, out of the box. You don't always have to just look online and say, this is what's selling for other people. I, I just really think that people should focus on what, where they can relate to and what they understand and then go after that audience, go find those people and then really make it, you know, nice for them, you know? 
Agreed. Like we work in the energy industry and we've targeted some of those companies. I mean, you can imagine these, these oil field providers, they give out little token gifts. I mean, it, it could be a bottle opener or a koozie or whatever, but they need these things in bulk. And we know what resonates with them because we've worked in the industry, right? And we work at it now. So that gives us a competitive advantage. So let's talk a little bit, another aspect of the who, you know, the economy is, is giving us some trouble right now. And some of the people that have had their who's have been the stay at home, your mom or somebody who's not working that likes to buy, that's kind of slowing down. We've seen that ourselves in our own shop, but um, you know, who should we be targeting now in your, in your thinking with the way the current economy is, who would you advise for people to kind of be looking at? Well, I would break it out into the segments. I mean, you mentioned corporations. Uh, we have been fortunate in the Sun Belt, particularly in some of the areas that we support south of Houston. Those sales have still been pretty strong with the realtors we're with. I, I think, you know, if you if you keep up with finance, um, the market is starting to kind of sounds like we've bottomed there. So I think the real estate will pick up again. If you're on the West Coast or the East Coast, uh, I imagine it's pretty rough right now, but uh, <clears throat> we've we've done some uh, things that are are I would say um, very resilient. Like there's a there's a uh, there's a ranch out here that has hunting and and shoots and stuff like that. We market to them. There's some wineries out here. We're going to market to them directly. People are going to still go out. I mean, if they don't take a vacation, let's say they don't go to the wine country in California. They're going to take a local vacation here or they're going to go to Round Top. They're going to do staycations. So you have to think about what industries are still continuing to do well. Like we have a crane business that we we do cups for on a regular basis. That that individual, they still need cranes. They're still using cranes. Yeah. And people are still going to buy awards that, you know, I tell you what, people underestimate the awards business, you know, Small game, big game awards, FFA to Folds of Honor gives out awards. You know, people, charities give out awards. Uh, companies give out awards. Somebody retires, they need an award. We've probably done five awards this week alone, and we're not in any kind of a high volume award shop, but we focused on trying to get into that space. Um, I think I remember it was about two years ago, I did some analysis on the laser industry where the the large pockets are. And it was like, I want to say like 45 to 50% of the lasers were used for awards. And if you think about it, even if the economy is tanked right now, people are still going to have 5k runs and, and, you know, uh, marathon runs and they're going to give awards out at the end of these, even if they're not super expensive. Uh, I mean, it's just a no brainer. So awards and, and, Industries that are, are doing well, oil and gas is doing well, real estate in some areas is doing well. Um, construction is huge in almost all around the United States right now. Go into the construction companies, right? So focus on those people. Um, you and I, like you said, we were building our home and we marketed to those guys when they came out and picked up quite a bit of business because they have a logo. And and if you if you don't know how to do this, Go see if they have a, a Facebook or a web page. Go get their logo. Convert it. If you don't know how to do that, get a graphics designer to do it for you. Vectorize it. Make a cup or a cutting board and go in 
take them a free item and say, here's, you know, a flyer with the services we offer. If you need some branding, you know, for your company, come see us. They're not going to come to you. There's too many people out there doing what we're doing. You need to get off your tail and go to them and take them some items. That is absolutely how you go and get business. Agreed. Yeah. A funny story, a funny aside. We, we built a little gym here because we're kind of out in the country and it's not convenient to drive back and forth to the gym. Anyways, uh, we sold one of our old pieces of equipment and we had our son deliver it to Brenham and he was pretty smart. He said, Hey, I checked this guy out to make sure it was legitimate, you know, because sometimes it's weird when you sell equipment like that. Right. And he, and I said, Oh yeah, what was his deal? Well, he has a crane business. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, he has a crane business. So we looked him up, we got his logo we, you burned a cup and we told Kyle, we told our son, Hey, give him this cup when you come and just let him know that we have a business. We're always trying to teach our kids how to be more enterprising, right? We want them and they have started some side hustles. We want them to do that. So we got orders out of that. I don't know. You've had five or six cup orders from him. He just, we're his actually, yeah, he's usually orders them anywhere from 12 to 24 at a time. And he's ordered three different sets of them. So, and that was just going going and targeting him, you know, like, like you just said. Yes. So great tip. I mean, do yes, not forget tying this all together. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've had customers that we've done one or two cups for, and that's okay. Don't get me wrong. But when you're doing his same logo 20 times over, guess what? There's scales and scopes of economy to that. You don't make mistakes with the names. Um, it, it just, you can batch it. We, we put them in the cart. We bring them over there. We clean them all at one time. It just makes your life so much easier. Um, and that's part of your, part of your who we've transitioned it from individuals and just doing one cup to get our name out there to focusing more on these corporations. Absolutely. And just like Tom said, don't be afraid to ask for the business and, and go get it. And, you know, I can't underestimate enough and I'm at fault at it myself because I still have it on my list to do. I have got to get out there and do those digital marketing um, flyers and get those to those companies. You, let's just think about it for us. You know how busy we are. All right. Each person who's listening to this now is pretty bowed up. And we if, if someone came to us in an email and said or a flyer and said, hey, these are the things I have they just took a lot of time away that you would have had to have gone and researched. Right. So um, why not do it? I mean, and it's just a yeah, little, you, you don't know you're fishing for more business and, and likely you'll, you'll hit it. It's foundational. I mean, and you have to put yourself out there a little bit and like our kids, if it's not natural for you at first, just do it. It might be a little awkward. That's okay. But we take little samples and we, again, we have wineries around here. We haven't done that. We need to probably that's like on my to-do list. Take them some samples. It could be like our local products. They love cedar and leather. So we'll probably take them some coasters. That makes sense for a winery, right? Um, take them some things they can give away for free or a couple with their, their wine and go in and make a relationship with them. You know, you can go there and like, I think one of these places has like a oven pizza. So we'll go there and have pizza and wine and then we'll give them a couple of coasters or a cutting board or something. And yeah, you, you know, you might do five of those and get one, one customer or two customers that to me, that's still a good ratio. And that's probably what our ratio is, by the way, I think probably for every 10 that we've given away for free, 
I like half the time I think we're going to get orders or they tell us we're going to get orders and maybe, maybe two out of 10 we get. You think that's about yeah. right? Yeah, okay. I would say. So let's go ahead and summarize this today. Kind of what we talked about. Um, uh, one of the, the, the big point was with your who make it relatable to you and the topics that you know. So um, again, if there's something that a hobby that you have, sorry about that dinging. Uh, if there's a hobby that you have that, that um, you understand real well, use that and go get more clients in that space. So that's one. Um, the next that's one is- give you a competitive advantage. That's right. And it's, it's just a natural extension of your life because that's who you are back to the who. Correct. The next one is, you know, find those enthusiasts, right? People that love, uh, the, the example was golfing, people that love spending money on who knows what, just, you know, you see people that will just spend a ton of money on the same things. You remember when they had those cups that were like at TJ Maxx, I think it was, and, and it was a real, real special font, some, the same font in all the cups, and people were buying the cups like crazy. That's kind of silly, but, you know, those are people that are just collecting and, and buying things based on what they enjoyed. So, you know, serving the enthusiast clients or that market is another one. So finish this out, James, with the closure here. Yeah. I, well, just to add to your previous thoughts, um, if you're if you're getting people that are excited about your product or your brand, like we we have a we we have a um, license with A and M. I went to A and M. Our kids go there, so we 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 sell some of their products, and we've gotten other customers through that. So it's an extension. You want to get the scales and scopes of economy. If you have a brand or you know something about this product and you're going to be passionate about it. You're excited about it. People will sense that it has scales and scopes of economy. Then it's not work. It's fun. And, and there's like an old saying that I learned, you know, in the business world, if you, you can't compete with the, someone that's having fun, like I'm an engineer, I don't really necessarily want to do CAD design all day or do tedious design, but if I, I can do it and I've done it before, but let's say I'm, I'd say I'm working with somebody and they're good at it. They like it. They love it. They do it for fun. And I don't, then it's going to be drudgery for me. You know, I think in summary, if you don't know who you are, ask other people, what, when you see me, what do you think about? Maybe you work out or you're a runner or you're really into your kids activities like us. We did FFA and they did cross country, but maybe they do soccer and volleyball. We know friends that have sold cups to schools and stuff. And then you can leverage that even further, like you said, by getting your your order forms and your marketing together. Then those customers, you know, this is this kind of common sense when you think about it. But don't forget, just because they placed a corporate order with you, they may be on your Christmas list. You know, maybe they're going to yeah. buy some personal products from you. So if you don't have, if you don't know who you are, figure that out, write that down because that's going to be part of your business plan. You have to know who you are and what your strengths are and who you're going to market to is going to be based on that. Exactly. And uh, before we come to a close here, you know what it made me think about is we do a lot of work with Folds of Honor and we went to uh, the lady who's in charge of stuff in the South region with the ornaments. We made them and I showed her a picture and I said, Hey, Diane, look at these ornaments. These might be a good offering. And she ordered 300 of them. So, you know, don't be shy, right? So she was part of my corporate client. 
um, that I actually went to her with some ideas and, and that's what you need to do. So the other thing we, we talked about today is creating those digital flyers, right? Or if it's something on in your business pages that you have dedicated to that target audience that you're really trying to hone in on. So creating that, I can't tell you how many times I've said I need to go do that and I do need to do that. And so I'm guessing most of the makers in here that we're talking to are in that same space. So my objective this week is to update my website and do one or two digital flyers. So set goals and, and targets and timelines to get this stuff done. Um, that's a huge key one out of here. So listen, James, I know we're close to time. I appreciate your, your talking with us today. And we want to thank our show sponsors. So Thunder Laser USA and Rotoboss Rotary, Rotary Attachments. Do you have any final words, James, before we close this one? No, just good, good call to action. Um, I, I think we're in the subsequent weeks, we'll be talking about how to, how to make this real. And we'll, we'll link this into your finances and your financial goals and your business. And then your, your whole lifestyle and what you want to do, because in, at the end of the day, we want to reverse engineer, you know, what a, what a perfect day looks like, what you want your life to be. And I, I think all these pieces that ties in directly to who you are living the life that you want to live, spending your time the way you want to spend it, uh, you know, making a difference and being passionate about it. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. And for all you makers out there, Keep on making good stuff and go and brainstorm who your target audience is, who is your who, so you can start focusing and marketing towards them. And we'll have more commentary in the Facebook group where we can uh, specifically ask questions and get into a little bit more detail. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks. Cheers. Bye.